0: on our podcast or on our youtube channel Uh, this is a re-recording of our service our sermon from october uh, the 9th on that sunday we were in the park and the volume was not ideal and so uh, this is taking a little while to get posted but i hope this is a better version for you and i'm glad that you're along on this whole church journey one of the most exotic strands in, in tradition in our history is alchemy, and it's this predecessor to chemistry, but basically it was the supposed transformation of matter, and it mostly was used in antiquity as a means to transform like base metals into gold. And we can trace we can trace alchemy back to classical antiquity, some detours in the Arab and Islamic wisdom even, and then into the medieval and Renaissance eras up until the 18th century, where there arose this cluster of codes and techniques and mysteries, secrets for how to turn things into gold or to create this philosopher's stone that can bring about immortality and life forever. And and we think how quaint, you know, we don't believe in that now. What excellent material for conspiracy theories of Dan Brown and magical realism of, of Harry Potter. But besides our choice of literature today, we might not be so concerned with these types of things, but we have transformed our interest into this whole new medium. Now we expend far greater energy and shape our lives far more systematically on a similar search. And that's the quest for power. Our whole education system is structured to create people of power. The news is full of of who's running for office and ad- advertisements are about things that control everyone and everything with just one single click and new studies that suggest that if you smile a little bit more, you'll be more likely to get people to do what you want and diets and personal goals are dominated by the idea that those who rise early can dominate the world. And Why is medicine so powerful in our culture even because it promises this elusive, power over death and we know that medicine doesn't fully have power over death. Of course medicine doesn't give us eternal life but we want this power so badly so badly as we helplessly watch a loved one die, right? Or so desperately as we as we feel our own strength fading and and our, and our earnings and strivings turning to dust. And our inability to attain this primal power over death only makes us long for it more But Ephesians today seems to suggest that our culture's quest for power is based in a fundamental mistake. It's laid bare in this opening chapter of this letter where we read about power and we also read about something more significant than power, Paul says. The problem with power is not just that power over death, which is basically the goal of every quest of power. It's not that it is and will remain out of our reach, which is true. The problem is that that our quest for power and for eternal life we hope that power will bring is this huge detour we take and which the church often takes from the real quest, the real gift that God actually has for us. What God offers us more than anything else isn't power, it's glory. This word glory, it comes up over and over and over again in the Bible too and it appears no less than six times in the first chapter of Ephesians. But glory is a word that we seldom dwell on because somehow it has evolved into this generic God language, like in the category of almighty and holy, these words to describe God. And we seldom dwell upon this word glory, but we should, we should dwell upon it because it's the whole identity and purpose of God summed up in one word. I would say it's actually pretty close to the most important word of them all. So let's take a second and think about the words that are a little bit like glory and why glory is so special. First, glory is a whole lot more than praise or fame. Praise is one way and conversational, right? And glory's this shared thing beyond words. Fame is empty and fleeting. Glory is this wondrous and eternal thing. Glory is also different from holiness. Holiness is part of the identity of God, but glory is something that that comes to fulfillment as God shares God's identity with us, the church, like a cloud that kind of billows out as we enter it, right? Ecstasy is a word that conjures up the identity of glory too, that that sense that everything else pales in comparison, but ecstasy is this outer body experience we discover on our own, whereas glory is deeper than the ordinary and it's something we fundamentally share with God and with others it's not just personal joy is something also but joy is 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 simple and glory is is more mysterious and trembling and and, and is is this whole other level of joy. Glory is the wonder of the presence of God that reveals God's desire to be present with us in joy and delight and affection, this billowing aura that, that draws us closer and intimately into this everlasting God and this knowledge of who God's made us to be. It's both the cloud of unknowing and the seeing God face to face all at the same time. And that's why it's so confusing. But but it's not something for keeping either. And that's where the church often gets it wrong. Oh, we get it so darn wrong. God's glory is only ever something for sharing. Glory is what God created us to enter and to share. God's the complete and overwhelming revelation. God's character is ever expanding and embracing and unfolding enjoyment for all people. But here's the mistake we often make. We often think we need the power to get the glory. Glory seems... Elusive and distant, whereas power seems like something tangible, something just out of our reach. And so we go for the power and we concentrate all our energy on getting the power. We sacrifice to get the power and we train to get the power and we betray to get the power and we cheat and steal and we work to get the power and we shape our entire existence to get the power. And this is at the heart of every church scandal that has ever existed this mistake that in order to get the glory, we had to get the power first. But the real truth, what Paul is trying to tell the church in in Ephesus and what Paul is trying to tell us, the church today, our church built on the edge of the DC metro empire, is that the power isn't the way to get the glory. The glory is always the way to get the power. It's not that power is pointless or useless or wrong. If you look at Ephesians, you'll see it mentioned four times and three of those times is in a positive sense. There is a kind of power that comes from God that rises out of the church and it's precisely what the alchemy of human quest for power has always even searched for and that's the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting. It's that thing we profess. It's that crucial point, that power. If you're, you're prepared to enter the glory, but you and I know the tragedy of how badly the the church has got this wrong for generations and generations. The church thought that it needed the power to get the glory instead. The church thought it needed to control government, right? Thought the constitution needed to be controlled and manipulate pa- political leaders. The, the church thought it needed to control people's behavior and through laws and guilt trips and, and shaming. The church thought it needed to control education and, and to determine foreign policy and to vilify other faiths and to expel other Christians, other kinds of Christians and to uphold you know slavery and segregation and to censor what people read and to shape what schools could teach. The church thought it needed that kind of power. The church thought it needed the power to see the glory they thought that was how they were to to get swole as a church. And how many woes, oh, the woes that come from that. And maybe that's been your story too. I wonder if you look over your life and you, and you see moments and you thought you needed the power, power to assert yourself, power of knowledge or charisma or sex appeal or expertise or class or language Power over people, power over children or sp- spouse or staff. I wonder if if looking at that power, you realize it was all one kind of power, really. Power over death, over oblivion, over being, it being forgotten in this world. I wonder if you thought you needed the power to get the glory. I wonder if you still think that. Well, if that's you, hear the good news this morning. The good news for you and for the church. God alone has the power. And It's the power of the resurrection, and you, all, you will never get it for yourself. you can only ever be given it. And God gives it to those who open their hearts to share in God's glory. Resurrection comes when you're, you're so excited by the glory of God that you stop worrying about your own survival and your own power over death. Eternal life isn't a product of our power, it's the side effect of God's glory. Seek the glory, and you'll be given the power. Seek only the power and you'll never find your way to the glory. And this is this is the kind of church we're seeking to build at Kingstown. This scrappy little church in our corner of of the DC metro area. We're seeking to build a church where 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 we we find the power of God through the glory first, through the handing out of God's God's glory to all the world. There is peace at the table